Welcome on DraftedFreeAgent.com, episode 12 of the Mid-Major Podcast. I'm Chris McKee, your host. Thanks for joining me as usual. So new AP Top 25 released yesterday. The Gonzaga Bulldogs remain the number one team in the country at 10-0 after a comfortable win over the weekend against the San Francisco Dons. Pretty close game of the half, and then the Zags turned it on in the second half and ended up being pretty lopsided victory, so great to see. We have a new mid-major team that's entered the AP Top 25 in the St. Louis Billikens out of the Atlantic 10. They're up to number 23 in the poll. They're 7-1 after beating UMKC. They lost to Minnesota the previous game, but apparently the AP voters impressed enough to put them in the top 25. However, I mean, this is driving me insane. I wrote an article about this on undraftedfreeagent.com. For God's sakes, can somebody please rank the Drake Bulldogs? They're 13-0 after back-to-back wins over Southern Illinois. I watched both games completely. Uh, 86-55 last night behind 16 points off the bench from Yosef Yasufu. And, uh, I mean, Drake looks really good, and and I I talked a little bit about this last week in the pod, and I know they may not be one of the 25 best teams in the country, and they have a couple tough upcoming games against Loyola Chicago, who is one of the better mid-major teams in college basketball, and my likely prediction is they'll probably split those games, so they're going to get a lot soon. But as of right now this week, 13-0, a Division I NCAA basketball team is not ranked, and I think that's absolute trash. And I'm, I'm going to keep kind of going at the AP voters. So we still have Duke ranked at number 21. Duke is 3-2. and two. They've lost back-to-back home games, and they haven't played in three weeks. Now, I know they're scheduled to come back this week, but what are we ranking a 3-2 and two team that hasn't played in three weeks for? It drives me insane. So, I mean, get Duke off. You know, look, I'm not saying the end of the year, Duke's not going to be one of the you know, 10, 15, 20 best teams in the country because they probably damn well. It's Duke. But right now, they do not deserve to be ranked. The Drake Bulldogs do. Let's put them in. Also, Virginia ranked at 5-2. and two. They're number 22 in the country. Now, I think what's happening is, you know, these guys are getting votes. Virginia's getting votes based on their 2019 national championship win. That was a great win. It's awesome. But, you know, that Kyle guy, he's not on the team. Diakite, you know, guys with Sacramento. I watched them last night against Golden State. And Diakite with the Milwaukee Bucks, they're not on that team anymore. So why are they being ranked? They lost to the San Francisco Dons. Now, again, not to say Virginia is not going to be one of the 10, 15 best teams in the country come March. But right now, they don't deserve to be ranked at 5-2, and two, losing to a mid-major program. You know, also with Duke, I don't see Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett suiting up. It's not 2018. So what are we ranking them for at 3-2? and two? The kids they got right now, okay, Hurts, all right. I've interviewed that kid, and not a bad player, but still doesn't look to be the player he was supposed to be just yet. And they, no big names like they have in years past. Recruiting down this year. Now, for Duke, recruiting's down. But what are we ranking these teams for? Very annoying. Anyways, I'm sure this uh, this situation, like, it'll sort itself out. Drake's probably going to lose to Loyola Chicago this week. And, you know, end of the argument for now. But, uh it's, it's just a crying shame they're not right. So some news right now this week. Northern Illinois has fired their head coach, Mark Montgomery, after a 1-7 start. He's been the head coach at Northern Illinois since 2011. He's got 123 wins versus 163 losses. They went 18-13 last year and were the Mac West champs. But uh, apparently that not good enough. Uh, that tough start. And he's got some pretty decent players. Um, one of the kids I know, Adong McCoy, this is a kid I called a couple of his high school games at TRC Academy, and he did a couple of years in Juco. I thought he was a Division One player 
right out of high school, but ended up going down to Florida, played a couple years at JUCO, and now at uh, Northern Illinois, pretty good player. And so getting some good recruits in, but just not getting the results. So Mark Montgomery, former Michigan State player, played for the Spartans from 1988 to 1992. He's 50 years old. I mean, he's been there a decade, but that was his first head coaching job. So that's the kind of guy you see maybe go back, get an assistance job at maybe a high major program or a pretty good mid-major, and then he'll work his way back into a, a head coaching position somewhere. So the axe is falling on Mark Montgomery. Some of the scores from the weekend wanted to go through. Shocker, Western Kentucky, well, I mean, they beat Charlotte on Friday, 67-63, but then lost on Sunday. So Western Kentucky Hilltoppers now fall to 8-3, and three, and this is a consistent theme. I'm going to go through some of the scores over the past week that kind of stood out, and these back-to-back -back games are really tough. I don't know, you know, if these kids are used to that where, you know, normally, you know, you play a team and then you don't see them again for another couple weeks. And this is like playoff basketball now where you're playing the same teams every night. It becomes a grind. It becomes frustrating. It's hard to match the intensity from the night before. These kids, you know, most of them aren't pros. You know, the vast majority will never play professional basketball. So you can see their challenge in dealing with these back-to-back -back games in Western Kentucky. I mean, they got a thousand times more talent than Charlotte, but... um Alas, lost a back-to-back, -back. and so that's going to be a tough challenge for them in Conference USA. A lot of good teams. Speaking of Conference USA, Rice now 8-2 and two after back-to-back -back wins over UTSA, including a Friday night win, 95-86. Coastal Carolina now 7-2 and two after splitting the weekend with Georgia State, 181-69. Uh, and then Georgia State got them a day or two later, 70-62, so... Coastal Carolina now 7-2, and two, and Georgia State now 6-2. and two, Both really good teams out of the Sun Belt. Watch out for either of them. I don't think this is going to you know, change any of their destiny this year. Both going to be contenders come March in the Sun Belt. And both realistically have a shot to win it and, and get a chance in the NCAA tournament. So Florida International, this is another team that I've talked about over the past couple weeks in the pod. Really like them. Good team. Uh, that's a team to keep an eye on. But they split the weekend with Old Dominion. So they're now 7-3. and three. They won Friday 82-67 and then lost Sunday 71-66. So tough week splitting. And then another team that split this weekend, Louisiana Lafayette, now 7-2 and two after splitting with Texas State. Friday they won 83-77 and then lost on Sunday 71-59. So these back-to-backs, doesn't, doesn't matter how good of a team you have, uh, that's been, I think, the biggest challenge this year is, is getting the kids up you know, a day or two later to play the exact same team. And obviously, you see the results in it. So on Saturday, this was one of the picks. I did really well on my picks last week, my betting picks, two out of three. But the game I did lose, VMI beat Chattanooga 84-79. It was a three- or four-point game. So that's, you know, hey, one loss down. But I did get the Colorado State win over San Diego State, which we'll talk about in a second. And uh, also Mercer covered, uh, I think, who was it? Furman they were playing. It was 11 and a half, and I think Furman won by three. So two out of three of my betting picks. Cool to see the Patriot League get started on the weekend. That's one of the conferences I you know, wasn't going to play and then decided, okay, well, we'll play in early 2021. So did not play a game leading into this. So I ended up watching the entire Lehigh Lafayette game on the weekend. Had to check out some Patriot League action. So Great to see, you know, everyone. I think Rostein tweeted out this morning that 95% of the Division One programs now playing. So that's great to see. I'm never going to talk about cancellations. I'm never going to talk about, 
you know, any viruses or any of this nonsense. You could turn on your television. You can scroll through your social media time. Go to the next tweet past mine. I guarantee someone else is talking about a damn virus. So I have zero interest in talking about because we are just inundated with it. And I'm sure if you're interested in that, you can go find that information somewhere else. So the big upset of the weekend, I watched the entire game. Colorado State upsets San Diego State 70-67 behind 15 points from David Roddy and 15 points from Adam Thistlewood as well. And so that was a great win. So Colorado State, if you didn't see it, was down 36-10 somewhere around the midpoint of the first half. I ended up getting into a little bit of a Twitter spat with Matt Norlander from CBS because I enjoy his podcast. I urge you all, go give it a listen. CBS podcast, college basketball, and I, I listen to him all the time, but one of the things that drives me nuts about his podcast is he says the phrase Ken Palm about 30, 40 times an episode. Ken Palm says this, Ken Palm says that, Ken Palm. For those that don't know, Ken Pomroy, uh, you know, basketball writer, mostly does analytics and you know basketball numbers which is great you absolutely do value them i mean it's important to know who's got a better shooting percentage passing percentage what players play well together what players have a winning percentage when on the field to, uh, on the court together blah 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 there's a thousand uses for analytics but this is one that just drove me nuts so i see norlander tweet out that colorado state had a 0.8 percent and so not even a one percent chance of winning when they were down 36 10 early in the first half. Now I watched the game and I looked over and went, oh, that's, you know, they're down 26, that sucks, but uh, plenty of time left. That, that's my attitude. You know, I've played a lot of sports in my life and coached sports and if you're a coach or a player and you're down 26 points early in the first half and you give up, you got no business being on that damn court. And I think that's one thing. I understand statistical analysis, analysis and stuff like that, but putting that 0.8% chance on winning is absolute trash. There's no way to quantify that number because what that number doesn't measure is the heart and soul of anybody on Colorado State, the fight back. It doesn't measure the 6 a.m. workouts, you know, the 7 a.m. 8K run that the starting point card does five days a week. It doesn't measure that. It doesn't measure calmness, control. It doesn't measure how good of a coach the Colorado State coaches, none of that comes into effect. And also, you ever heard of a run in basketball? You know, I played high school basketball, wasn't that good. A lot better in other sports, but I've done play-by-play, -play, you know, for CBC and TSN and professional college high school basketball, and you see runs in just about every single damn game. So that 0.8% doesn't take into account a friggin' run in basketball. There's going to be runs back and forth. And so... You know, Norlander was trying to poke fun at me that I said to him, I said, hey, look, you know, it was 26 points. Nobody on Colorado State looked, you know, unfazed. Nobody was injured. They still have a pulse. You still got a, you know, pretty damn good chance, a 50% chance of winning. Now, I know it's not 50%, but just put that to make a point. And I got, you know, Norlander and Pomeroy trying to poke fun at me. So you, you cannot put a stat on that early in the first half. And prove me wrong, Colorado State come back to win. So they didn't have a point eight chance to win. Anyways. Rant over. So then, you know, the irony is San Diego State then comes back last night and absolutely hammers Colorado State. So the argument mute all around. One of the big shockers over the past week also, St. Bonaventure beat Richmond 69-66. And so now I am officially off the Richmond bandwagon. You know, they beat Kentucky early, but that's proven to be really not that big of a deal because Kentucky nowhere near what Kentucky has been over the past 50 years. And so... 
Richmond sliding in the rankings. You see, you know, St. Louis getting ranked. There's other teams in the A-10 starting to, you know, come to the forefront. So I'm not saying Richmond's done. I'm just saying things don't look that good. And then last night, Siena is going to 2-0. and after beating Monmouth 76-62 with 18 points from Jalen Pickett and a career-high 14 rebounds. I talked about Jalen, what, two pods ago. You can go download that. Have a listen. I played some of my interview with head coach Carmen Maciarello from Siena. And uh, Siena looking pretty good right now. Manny Camper, Jalen Pickett. They got a couple key transfers in. Siena is a damn good team. The Metro Atlantic champs last year. Watch out for them. They can play. So some more news over the week. I've talked a lot about Boise State over the past couple weeks because I think they are one of the premier mid-major programs. And Boise State just got better this week. So they got a transfer who's now eligible, Devonair Dutrieve. What a name, Devonair. I mean, I if I ever have another child, I think Devonair is going to be at the top of the list of names uh, we pull out the hat. But um, So Devonair, a transfer from Arizona. So it looks like last year he played three games for Arizona and then transferred midseason. So he hasn't been eligible until right now. So he's finally eligible. So Boise State 8-1, and one, and they just got better this week. So watch out for them. So Devin Ayer, uh, he's a junior guard, played two years at Arizona, and uh, coming out of high school was a four-star recruit, rated number 67 by 24-7 sports and number 72 by ESPN. So this kid, a top 100 player. He's obviously got some kind of talent. Didn't, you know, blow the doors off at Arizona, but still, I mean, that's, you know, an, an elite program to get recruited there. And now, so big pickup for Boise State. You know, Abu Kigab, Oregon transfer. So they're getting in some pretty, you know, high major talent to Boise State. And I'll say it 100 times, watch out for Boise State throughout the rest of the year. They are one of the best mid-major programs in college basketball. So the big news this week also wanted to chat a little bit about is the NCAA tournament finally announced their venues. Now, you know, not exactly a secret. This has been rumored for several weeks now that everything's going to take place basically in the Indianapolis area. So we got a bunch of venues that they're going to use that all throughout the Indianapolis area, kind of within 90 minutes, two hours max, that, uh, I mean, it's not exactly a bubble, but um, a fairly contained area for all the players to be. And I like it because, you know, I was kind of worried about they were just going to use one venue. And I think, you know, that's going to take a little bit of the luster off the tournament. Look, I, I just, after last year having it canceled, I cannot wait to see this back. But um, I think, you know, just seeing the same background, that's one of the things you love when you're sitting at home on the TV, bouncing around, seeing the different gyms. You know, they're in Wyoming, they're in Buffalo, uh, you know, they're in Dallas, Texas, wherever the hell they are, you know, L.A. And just seeing all those different gyms, those different atmospheres is really cool. So we're going to get a little bit of that. And so here's the venues they're going to use. And so Lucas Oil Field, which, of course, is where the Indianapolis Colts play. And I think it's safe to assume that's where the national championship game will be. Now, I don't know anything about fans being allowed in there, so why they're using a stadium that holds about eighty to 90,000, <laughs> I don't know. But there's going to be two courts at Lucas Oil Field, as they would say in Newfoundland. I know a lot of you Americans aren't going to get this, side by each. But uh, there will not be two games playing at the same time, but there will be two courts. So I think that's not a bad move. So let's say, you know, one game, I just whatever, Gonzaga versus... Uh, Boise State, <laughs> there's, um, you know, they're going to play on one field. So basically, the second that game's done, they'll jump to the next court, and boom, there you go. 
They're also going to use Bankers Life Fieldhouse, which is the home of the Indiana Pacers, another big arena. So that's cool to see. Hinkle Fieldhouse also on the list, which is where Butler plays. Indiana Farmers Coliseum, which is IUPUI. So Indiana Purdue, their gym, assuming a little bit smaller. The Simon Sculched Assembly Hall. How do you say that? Simon Sculched? I don't know. Anyways, wherever the Indiana Hoosiers play, that's where they're going to play. And then also Mackey Arena, home of the Purdue Boilermakers. So shout out to Zach Eady, good Canadian boy from Purdue. I wrote an article about 10 Canadians to watch in high major programs or the major conference teams. And he was on that list. I've followed Zach a little bit. I called uh, his game, well, a couple of his games at the BioSteel All-Canadian game. I saw him when he was about 15. Um, you know, deer on skates have talked about it before and just so blown away with how he's grown into his body. And, uh, he's just a dominant, dominant force, legit seven footer out of, where's, I think he's IMG Academy. Cause I remember watching him play when I was down in Macon, Georgia in January a year ago this week, I was in Macon, Georgia down at Mercer university. Great trip. Uh, my son went to a soccer camp down there, but what we did, we drove from Toronto all the way down to Macon, Georgia, made a little bit of a stop uh, of it, stopped in New York city first. One of my best friends I grew up with in Toronto. Uh, lives in New York and D.C. He's got a house in, in, in both places. Must be nice. But um, spent the night in Manhattan hanging out with him and did a little tourist stuff for my son. Stopped in Philly on the way down. Crashed in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, home of Chris Daughtry from American Idol. It's one of the things I learned while I was there. I googled who the hell's from Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. But great little town. Enjoyed it. And then we made our way down to Macon. Stopped in D.C. Saw the White House. All of that. So a year ago this week. And now I can't cross the damn border. Uh, amazing what can happen. So NCAA basketball tournament will start. So selection Sunday will be March 14th. And then the final four will take place in between April 3rd to 5th, God willing. And man, ah, oh, geez, I, I hope we get the chance to see that. So one of our successful segments I do here on the podcast is the under the radar player watch couple guys I want you to take a look out for this week. So I was just having a skim through and watching Nevada on the weekend. And I seen their starting point guard, this kid named Grant Sherfield, 6'2 kid out of Fort Worth, Texas. And I was looking at him and he, pardon the expression, but you know, he looked a little frumpy. He's not exactly a chiseled athlete. And I was like, who the hell is this kid? And then two minutes into watching him, I'm like, whoa, who the hell's this kid? My perception of him completely changed pretty quickly. Now, for you old school guys, he reminds me a little bit of Khalid El Amin, the former UConn star, who his son, by the way, Ishmael El Amin, one of the stars of Ball State. There's a connection there. But, you know, Khalid is one of those kids, uh, you know, when you walk out to the court, a little short guy, you know, a little... Uh, you know, not exactly a chiseled athlete, but man, Khalid could ball, man. Dude was unbelievable. Played with the Chicago Bulls for a little bit and then over in Europe. And Grant Sherfield, one of those guys, man. He's got a little Khalid Elamine in him. He's averaging 17.2 points per game right now. Gets everyone in his team involved. Great player, great passer, deceptively quick. Love him. So this is a kid that originally coming out of high school had committed to play for Steve Alford at UCLA. And then Alford, I'm assuming, you know, when he got punted, Sherfield then switched his commitment to Wichita State to play for Greg Marshall. And then Wichita State last year, an absolute tire fire. I think what, seven, eight, nine kids ended up leaving. Greg Marshall ends up resigning, a.k.a. you know, he got fired. But, you know, so Sherfield, a part of that tire fire, makes the switch to Nevada. And he's been playing some great basketball. So under the Raider player watch, watch out for Grant Sherfield. The kid can play. 
Now, another kid I do know that is a part of Nevada is Addison Patterson, kid from Milton, Ontario. I called his games when he was with the Athlete Institute up at Orangeville Prep. And uh, one of the best high school basketball players I've ever seen. And a great kid. He's a nice young man. Really enjoy Addison. Got to know him a little bit. And also, uh, when he was part of BioSteel All-Canadian Week, came back. He So he left Orangeville Prep and then went to, where did he go? Bella Vista Prep, I think, in Arizona. Had a great senior year. Was a top 50 recruit and signed with Oregon. And, you know, I talked to some NBA scouts when Addison was playing at BioSteel Week, there was a couple up there, and I was like, well, you know, who are you here to see? There's a young kid named Elijah Fisher, who I think he was, Elijah's a junior right now at a Crestwood, and one of the top three or four recruits in the class of 2023, I think Elijah is. And Addison there as well, and the NBA scouts are like, no, Addie's an NBA player. So I was shocked to see he had some pretty decent success his freshman season at Oregon. And then opted to leave, which, I mean, you know, I don't know the whole situation of it. I haven't had the chance to speak with Addison or his parents. I know his mom, Jackie, a little bit. And um, I, I'd like to find out a little bit more why he left. But I just thought it was really surprising because, you know, Oregon lose a couple guys in the NBA. Addison's going to be shifted in and, you know, get a lot more minutes. But Oregon obviously always bringing in new four or five-star recruits as well. But I thought he was more than good enough to compete. Ends up leaving, goes to Nevada. And this is before the waivers happened. So what happens is he is not eligible despite the waivers. So he did not enroll in school despite announcing that he did switch to Nevada. Didn't enroll. So despite the waiver for everybody this year, he could have played. But because he's not enrolled, he's not eligible to play. Now, Steve Alford said recently that uh, they're working on it. They're trying to you know, appeal to the NCAA to make him eligible. But if Addison Patterson is eligible for Nevada this year, watch out. Dude's a beast. Fantastic player. Fantastic young man, so I'm rooting for him. I hope it happens either way in the future. I mean, the kid's going to tear it up. So another under-the-radar player that you need to watch is Loren Christian Jackson from Akron. I saw him with my own eyes a year ago. I went down to Akron University and watched Akron versus Canton. Talked about this a couple weeks ago. Went to the Football Hall of Fame and all that while I was down in the area. Canton, just a short drive from Akron. And Loren, this kid is out of this world. So if you scrap kids in the NCAA that haven't played five games, he's second in the NCAA in scoring behind Iowa's Luke Garza. So Loren Christian Jackson right now, 25.4 points per game. He's played five games right now. Uh, he's number four in the NCAA in assists with eight assists per game. This guy is out of this world. He's really good. 24-year-old man. I wouldn't say a 24-year-old kid. 24-year-old man. Born and raised in Chicago, played his first two seasons at Long Beach State, and then transferred, sat out, I think, 2017, 18, because I saw him in, what, early 2019 uh, at Akron. The kid can play first team all MAC last year. He's only 5'8", little guy, but buzzes around. His intensity is unbelievable. Kid can shoot. He's tough. I, you know, that was one of the things that, that blew my mind when I saw him up close was even this little guy, not afraid to attack the basket, not afraid to get in there with the trees and mix it up with the big boys. So watch out for Loren Christian Jackson at Akron. The kid can play. First team All-Mac expected again. And hey, with these kind of numbers, he's going to be in the mix for All-American mentions at the end of the season. So, And one of the, the crazy things is, you know, everyone gets an extra year of eligibility. So I hope he takes it up. Um, I mean, kids probably going to get some opportunities to go play in Europe and that. Um, NBA, not exactly scouring for 5'8 guards, but the kid's a real player. I would love to see him come back. Can you imagine having a 25-year-old point guard at Akron? The Mac, a lot of men in that league love it. So hopefully he does come back. It'd be great for college basketball. 
So of course, don't forget to check out ondraftedfreeagent.com, the website. Please click subscribe to the podcast and check me out on YouTube as well. Just type in Chris McKee, M-C-K-E-E. Got a bunch of videos. So what I do is take one or two segments from the pod and cut it into a minute, two minutes, whatever, post it up on the YouTube. And of course, I post it on my Twitter as well, at Mr. McKee. Please check me out. And if you're in the Toronto area today, uh, so I had to cut the pod a little short, uh, picked up a couple extra shifts doing, I'm a traffic reporter. So today you will be able to hear me on TSN 1050 in Toronto, which is the sports network, News Talk 1010, which is the big news network, uh, Indy 88, the alternative rock station, and then from 7 till 8, I do Flow 93.5, which is the hip-hop station. So uh, if you're in the Toronto area, listen out for me. You can hear me there. Otherwise, thanks for listening. UndraftedFreeAgent.com, mid-major podcast. We're kicking ass, getting a ton of downloads and streams. It's going really well, a lot better than I thought. So thank you for listening. All the best in 2021, and we'll have another pod come Friday. The beating of my heart.